Welcome back to New Realities. I'm Alan Steinfeld. And my favorite topic, if you've been watching, is about the evolution of the human species and how we interact with these other beings, these what they've been called extraterrestrials. And there's a big conference coming up. You can see that on your screen. This is the Portal to Ascension conference. We're going to deal with a lot of... Um, a lot of the stuff that we are talking about today with a guest that is, I'm very excited about, Geraldine Orozco. Hi, Geraldine. Hello. Hello. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being here because um, I've been following your work. It's very exciting. Let me just push the conference for a second because um, I didn't really get a chance to say much about that. Um, let me just go back to the screen here. And the conference is called The Portal to Ascension. Wait, I think I'll screen share that one more time so just people get a chance to see that. Uh, Portal to Ascension. And it is a five-day conference produced by Neil Gore, Agar. And go to ascensionconference.com. And it's 50 speakers. 12 MCs. I'm one of the MCs, and Geraldine's going to be a speaker there. And this is a picture of a lot of the popular speakers that have been coming to Portal to Ascension for a long time. You can see here Grant Cameron and Dan Winter, Laura Eisenhower, uh, Kimberly Merrith, Carolyn Corey, Mary Rodwell, Trish McCannon, uh, Apollo, uh, Celeste Starr, who I'm interviewing tomorrow. Um, uh, uh, who's that? Rebecca Hardcastle, my guest tonight, Geraldine Orozco, and so many more. So five days of free online seminars. Kathleen Martin, who's related to Betty Hill. Uh, this is going to be an epic conference, really exciting. Tune in, just go to ascensionconference.com, register for free, and you're going to get five days of uh, really the cutting edge information. And that's why I wanted to interview Geraldine today, who I think you're really cutting edge, Geraldine. You're really going out there and understanding what our interactions with the ETs are all about. So today we can talk about the hybridization program and the DNA upgrades and um, this evolution of consciousness. But you want to give a little background how you got started you you were coming from a pretty mainstream world tell us tell us what right. happened yeah absolutely so uh, my journey became pretty early into the spiritual uh you know realm of things i guess in 2009 when one of my partners um well my my only partner <laughs> passed away at the time and uh, when he passed away, um, it really made me question reality and the structure of my reality and why I was doing the things I was doing. Basically, uh, you know, being raised in a very spiritual family, um, very well-educated, cultured, uh, the arts, everything. Um, and then going to college and then into a career um, and just feeling like I'm doing everything that it was supposed to happen, but nothing really being congruent with what truly is feeling is in alignment with me emotionally, physically. And did just you feel empty? Did you feel like, oh, you're going just through the motions and nothing's really connecting to your core? Is that what you're saying here? 
Yeah, it was a tremendous amount of disconnect from what intuitively felt was in alignment with myself and what I wanted to do and what was happening in the world around me. And I think that the death of my partner kind of woke up that that aspect of myself, that questioning. And that took me to go really deep into some spiritual research. I started looking at many different religions, experiencing them, knowing them, and uh, following some spiritual uh, you know, leaders, just looking at what they're doing. But over time, I realized that what I was receiving was not enough to get me to that bodic state or that enlightened state, or my life wasn't necessarily changing or showing the results of that work. And I decided to take it to a next level. And um, over the next 10 years, I developed and founded Bay Area Meditation here in San Francisco. We teach corporate meditation to companies and individuals. Um, but that really opened up the door to kind of doing it a very deep self-exploration of meditation, trying many different kinds of meditation practices. And ultimately, peeling the layers of all of the programming that I had taken on since childhood, everything that was cultural, social, on every level, even through education, that had taken me to have the belief systems that I was basically playing out. And well, how, how did you know that you had to do that? So many people are so attached to their programming, they don't even see how it's a layer on top of their true self. How did you discover that? There, there was a there was a, a fire within me that that was born, a fire for understanding truth that was so powerful that I started to question even the gurus that were talking about enlightenment, even the spiritual leaders that were talking about coming into a state of unconditional love. The fact of the matter was that I realized I didn't understand what unconditional love was. I don't think I even felt it up until that moment where I began to question why it is. And when I look around, I realize my society, my friends, my family, uh, everyone, my employees, even all my friends were living in this idea of what it is that we should be, what emotions are, what our reactions should be. I realize that all of us are following um, these kinds of uh, archetypes of behaviors and personalities that aren't really even ours. We just adapt to what things that our, our culture and society is uh, basically feeding us. And I started to question that because it became very frustrating. And there was a there was a point where I was tired, literally, of feeling disappointed and all these heavy emotions like anger and suppression and uh, of fear and all of these things really created a motivation to look for what was true, what was real. And I think that's what made me go into even these spiritual practices and kind of dissect them and see, okay, let's see, you tell me that if I meditate and I meditate in this particular way, I'm supposed to feel this way. So I went in and I started practicing, practicing everything I came across. And I finally, um, I came across this shaman that really helped my, my, my journey that showed me how to meditate, running energy and co destroying contractual agreements that were made on these planes, right? What and was started, that? Can you share that, who that was? Or you'd rather not share that? Because um, I'm always... No, I would love to, but I can't remember his name. Dana, Dana, his name is Dana. He, he owns a spiritual foundation here in San Francisco, California. I can't remember his last name. But he that was, was the first thing that woke you up to the fact that there was something bigger going on here. Was that your initial? Was 
this was, I think, a breaking point for me in terms of modalities that I was utilizing to wake up. And I think what it did was give me a very uh, a complete view of what to look for in all of this information that I was receiving, spiritual education, right? All of these tools, it helped me bring it full circle and embody it. And, but the, but the thing is that I, I was meditating up to eight hours a day sometimes doing this deprogramming. And it finally came to the point where after I continued to question things back to the root cause of what was causing me all of these uh, programs that I was living out, I started to begin to find who I truly was, which is something completely different. When, and, when you, when, I'm just curious when you start, because that's always like a kind of critical moment when you start to get a glimpse of the real self. It's like, what was that for you? What was that moment like when you started to see that? I'm just curious. It was, uh, you know what? It was, it was a very, it was an interesting experience where you realize that you are nothing, that you are nothing. You are not defined by anything, that this little shell called a body um, is just uh, a part of an idea of an identity. And, you know, for, for a lot of people, and, and even for myself at that time, sometimes that can be very, very, um, very difficult. And it's fearful, fearful to come into that, that realization that in, re in reality, you're nothing. But at the same time, once you're able to traverse that that unknown path of seeing how you're nothing, you all of a sudden become to recognize how you're interconnected with absolutely everything. Mm. And, um, you know, it takes a certain bravery, courage to be able to, to take that on, you know, and, and this is why people have um, dark nights of the soul, because sometimes it's difficult to integrate the immensity of that understanding into our little everyday lives. Um, so for me, it was it was that moment when I realized that. And in 2013, I had an abduction experience out of my bedroom window here in Union City, California. Wow. And um, I think at that moment, uh, this was fully awake, fully conscious. Um, I I am awoken by a very very bright light in my room, and I get up and look at my phone. It says 3:33 in the morning. And I never before saw sequence numbers like that before, but I get out of my bed and I walk over to the window after a while because I started to get concerned that maybe somebody was trying to break in or something was occurring outside. So as I look through the blinds, this light intensifies and my entire body becomes paralyzed. I can't move anything, can't move my eyes, my, I can't yell, I can't scream. And next thing I know, I'm feeling like my body is being torn apart and brought through the window, through the wall, through the window onto the other side. And I am faced in front of these very tall shadows of grays, six of them, and they come closer and become very clear to me. And they immediately sense that I'm terrified and I'm looking around trying to escape, trying to see how I can navigate myself around this experience. And, and you're completely conscious that is, that's unusual because most people sort of black out and they don't remember and they're in control, but you were so anyway. So yeah, so you're conscious and you're looking around terrified. Go ahead. Yes. Yes. And, and next thing I know, this uh, gray begins to raise his hand and e eliminates from my body from one moment to the next, all of this terror that I'm feeling. He says, 
telepathically in my mind, I hear the word calm and my body just becomes, you know, calm. And um, he takes me into the craft and I, I mean, I can see everything in detail, even in today, every single uh, detail of, of what this craft look like, what, what everything. And I go into this craft, into this, it's a lenticular type of shape of this space that I'm coming into. And um, I'm being shown a lot of information. I'm shown my aunt, who is also there, who is completely um, unconscious. Um, and she had also had an experience that night and recalls what happened to her in this experience, but doesn't recall seeing me. Um, but this is before we even had the ability to talk about extraterrestrials in my family, right? When I first came public about this. So um, after that, they take me into a room where they show me a series of information, one being a prism where I am introduced to these eight hybrid children of which four of them come in person in physical form towards me. And as I see them, I'm recognizing myself in them. Somehow I see myself in these children and they, I know that they're mine. So um, there's this- that must be shocking because you weren't, interest, you weren't interested in ET stuff at all, were you before that? That's exactly right. And I was just gonna say that, that, I mean, the whole idea of UFOs and crafts and extraterrestrials and grays never even entered my mind before that moment. Okay, wow. not even an interest of, in these things. That's so, so shocking when, when suddenly, boom, you're in there. And you no, know, continue your story because it's fascinating. So please, yes. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a very interesting thing. But uh, what I, what I want to share with you is that what made this, this experience so interesting that I'm trying to connect my physical experience, my reality with what's happening here on, on board this craft. And as I'm meeting the children, I am overwhelmed with emotions, thinking, how did I have these children? When did I have them? Why wasn't I aware of them? Uh, at what point did they take me? Did I give my permission? All these questions floating into my mind. And as I'm connecting with the child, the child as well connects telepathically. And it's I feel completely naked because I feel as if he sees through me completely. And telepathically, we are sharing experiences. Memories are beginning to surface of other times that I had interacted with these children. Memories of holding them that I obviously hadn't remembered before that moment. So it was a shock and it was dizzying, nauseating almost. And But but I was thinking, how do I, how am I going to leave these children now? Who's going to take care of them? This is my, my very human thinking, right? right. So... They, they, show, they share with me such a series of information. They also show me some timelines where I had been um, supposedly in some kind of Pleiadian lineage and I had been working, doing similar things to what I'm doing now. Next thing I know, six in the morning, I'm lying at the end of my bed, hanging over upside down. And I feel like I got hit by a truck. My head is killing me. My entire body feels literally just so sore and full of pain. And um, I can't understand what I felt. The first thing I wanted to do was pick up the phone and call the police because I was trying to figure out, you know, who's going to help me? Who's going to speak up for me? Who's going to take these children back? Even though these children, I forgot to mention, are not really like humans. These are genetically modified children. They are half alien, half different species, like a, a gray or reptilian, 
and half humanoid. So they are not normal looking children. And yet there is this connection, this maternal instinct that enters you, you know, right. to want to connect and protect them. And so uh, next Monday, I go see my first client. And the first thing I'm feeling is absolutely everything that she's thinking and feeling. And I'm seeing smudges of colors and shapes and uh, incredible uh, spherical shapes of, of color around her body and energy. And, um, you know, it was just overwhelming. And it just became, um, you know, it difficult to even go shopping for the next three months because of this level of sensitivity that had been activated as a result of this contact experience. And did that they do anything in particular to you? I mean, they showed you the hybrid children, but did they do any like physical thing to you on board the ship that you remember? No, not in not in this experience. This experience, um, well, aside from showing me this this information, they showed me extraterrestrial language. They showed me uh, the children. They showed me a past life that I was in the Pleiadian or an alternate simultaneous mm -hmm. life, to be more accurate. Um, and they 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 showed me. They allowed me to experience oneness, which was interesting. Um, they allowed me to experience how it would be if I was aware of how I'm interconnected to everything and how just as an individual without the ideas of being connected to family, friends, or earth life, I'm actually a part of a whole. Mm. That, that's, that's something that I'll never forget even until today. And I try to recreate that every time I go into meditation because that is, that's the oneness that we try to to become aware of. Wait, so um, let me just see if I can feel into that because I think that's, so they showed you your connection to all of existence, including them. And they kind of encoded that into you, would you say? They kind of like dropped that, initiated that into your DNA. So in your meditations, you you can return there. Is, is that what you're yes. saying? Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I try to, I guide this, right? When I work with clients one-on-one, -on -one, you know, this is, once you understand that, once you've experienced that, not just theoretically, but, you know, in your energetically, you literally embody this oneness, you have a completely different perspective of everything, everything, emotions, the roles that we play, what we're doing here, the bigger picture is just different, it changes. And so um, it's, been a huge impact but i didn't really really understand that until later okay uh -huh. not really because you know there's layers of integration you got to see where someone's coming from i'm coming from very i was an event planner for 10 years right so my mind was not anywhere near these concepts these incredible magnificent con con concepts of this connectedness that we're, we're not aware of that and so in 2017 when i had my regression I had continued to go through a purification process up until that time, eliminating television, eliminating radio, music, everything to completely dedicate myself to this connection, to this information. And yeah. uh, I decided to sell my business because I was no longer in alignment with that. I ended my relationship that I was in at the time and I got a hypnosis regression with Alba Weinman. And when I, when I went to, when I was there, when I was working with her, it's almost as if the floodgates opened and I was able to receive information from even before my human timeline, um, not like limited kind to of information. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. That's exciting. Yeah. So, so what I came across was 
being shown a map, a map of the origins, the DNA origins of how the human race began or was seeded on this planet and originating from three main lineages that come seed life. And from those lineages have developed and turned into the human race that we have today, showing me how lineages and very specific bloodlines were preserved historically through what we know as royal families and very important families, families that went into the Vatican that have gone into the royal, um, you know, um, uh, to, the, to the royalty and then trickling down to our presidential uh, bloodlines, which is very interesting. And all of these things that I had no notion of prior to this, but- Are we all part of that or are only special people part of that lineage? Well, if you take a look at the historic evolution of our DNA, we we are all connected and we are related to one another. Just 2000 years ago, you and I have someone in common. And there are there's so much research that shows this, that we are originating from one location where this DNA had somehow made a jump genetically in its design and the information that it holds. And we understand that more and more by looking at how DNA functions, how it writes itself now. I was shown that our, our structure of our body is not just, uh, you know, this, this solid matter. Uh, down to the molecular level, we are looking at cells that are oscillating to create toroidal fields that are intercommunicating with one another in those networks, creating a network that's holographic by quantum non-locality. And so just the way information is programmed and stored in the body, we now understand how that happens. It's not that it's stored in one place or stored in one uh, you know, location. The entire body is a, is a giant record that is holding on to everything we're experiencing right here, me and you. And so what that really shows us is that, in other words, the human is a powerful and incredibly important record timekeeper of information. The way mitochondrial DNA functions is that it's an aggregate copy of the before. So within the DNA, we are holding the, the true historical evolution. The lineages of our specific family lines. And it's interesting because there's a lot of um, things about race coming up now in the news and lineages and the conflicts. And the. I think it's time we're working out these these different um, strands that have been in conflict so we can come to a new level altogether. That's my feeling about what's happening. Are you working with that at all? Absolutely. When I, when I work, one of the most impactful things that I came across in my work, working one-on-one, -on -one, doing DNA reprogramming with people, is that through our DNA, through the work that we do spiritually in our body, not, and that, that's when I say spiritually, let me define that. We're talking about our emotional state, understanding how we are triggered by our environment. Okay. Right. When we do that work, it takes us into an entire uh, lineage of repetitive patterns of trauma and suppression of information that is residing literally in the DNA. We are living through the same programs that our ancestors have been living through for centuries. And so the affecting our emotional reactions, our psychology, our behavior, and we don't even know it because it's 
it's just acting out through the kind of emotional inheritance that we are functioning until until we make it conscious. So yeah, go ahead, keep going. No, I love exactly, exactly. And so the body, when it becomes aware of those triggers, it can then begin to dissolve and work on them. And how DNA reprogramming works is that you can reach the root cause of this lineage. The lineages we are so interconnected on many different planes and dimensions. Okay, so our body is like this giant organism that the chakra system, so when the soul attaches to the body, it connects to these two systems. One of them is the DNA, right? That's our ancestral network, which is the network of information that ties all human bodies as one. And then we have another one, which is the organization of that infinite consciousness. It's coming down through the dimensional layers and organized in a very intelligent manner within the chakra system, which is interconnected with all the organs, you know, the endocrine system, all of the systems of receiving like routers of information in the body. So and wait, so- it's like we're getting two different... We're getting two different operating systems. We're getting the DNA physical operating system, and then we're getting the etheric kind of functional uh, spiritual connection as an operating system too. And most people have overridden that in order to just be uh, functioning out of their emotional body lineage. And we've forgotten the other thing. I mean, maybe that's what you're saying. So yeah, please continue. Uh, So, um, Yes, in a sense, but what I'd like to help people identify in themselves is that not to look at it as two separate, it's one. We're just looking at the different layers that make up our whole organism. There, It's one, it's just one organism, which we are just understanding how they are intercommunicating. There is no separation between the soul, the higher self, and this physical body. And so they intercommunicate with one another. But the problem is, and what we've come into when we, when we are born into this three, fourth dimensional plane, planet Earth, which we tend to want to call a matrix because we see it as a holographic projection of what we're experiencing. Um, everything that is created, that makes up this so-called matrix that we live in is kind of designed from the inside out it knows all of these functions of your body and your soul before you are even aware of them and this is where we we are working at this time to recognize and remember how the human body functions so that we can pull away from the parasitic consciousness which feeds off manipulates and utilizes the the unawareness of a human okay so when a human is is disconnected when, from their body they are functioning in the first three chakras right the root the sacral the solar and this is where the human is manipulated the most through their emotional body so there is a lot here this is where the body becomes a host to all kinds of things entities attachments artificial intelligence mind control all of these things and we can very easily become weaponized with our own anger and fear on many different levels which is Wait, why so the parasitic consciousness some people would call those archons or whatever you want to call them but they're they're not innate to our soul essence they're kind of outside interferences that actually live off of our fears and our dramatic emotions and they we we start to identify with that and think that's us until we 
get to do work like yours and start to realize that we're not that. Is that what you're saying? Is that what the parasitic consciousness is? Well, uh, this external part, not us. Yes, go ahead. Well, so when I talk about parasitic consciousness, what does that mean? In, to simplify it, we the entire design of this matrix multiverse is designed on the law of three. Okay, we have the divine feminine, the masculine, and when those two come into balance, it creates life. So that's the law of creation of all living beings in this current dimensional timeline. So when when any of those two sides come out of balance, we are imbalancing the creation. When, when that happens, it cannot create naturally in a balanced manner. And the same thing happens to us as, a, as an organism. We have a masculine and a feminine aspect. If they're out of balance, we, we also will have blockages in our creative abilities and so on and so forth. And so what happens when that balance happens? There is a rejection in a sense of our own consciousness. For example, I feel unworthy. And so this aspect of myself now runs and dictates the machine of creation that, that runs my programs, what I'm manifesting, the experiences, everything. So that's micro. Think macro. This right. multiverse of all organisms, when it comes out of balance, it becomes unaware of itself. It rejects its own consciousness. And therefore, it has to go outside in order to receive and feel complete. So this, this is what I call parasitic consciousness. Consciousness mm. wants to reject its own consciousness, now requires from something external. And if we look at the origins of our universe. I'm going to reference the book of Enoch, for example. Yeah. Which I, before I had my regression in 2017, I didn't even know about this book. Um, but in my regression, I am, I'm identifying these beings that are surrounding this life, this orb of life force and feeding off, using it as a life support for them. Wait, do you and, mean the book of Enoch, the biblical book or the book by J.J. Hertog? Which book of Enoch are you mean? Uh, I'm talking about the biblical, the original. Oh, the original. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. and it was translated in many different ways, right? I mean, there's right. many translations. But the same uh, concept is also found in um, the Emerald Tablets and the Book of Gilgamesh. And, and we see, we've seen the same uh, lore or folklore story line of this kind of evolution of these extraterrestrial or this consciousness that comes in and mixes with earth beings in order to create life. Right. Now, there, there is another aspect of that that's very interesting, which has to do with this parasitic consciousness, because if we just look at those examples, all that we're looking at is how an aspect of infinite source decided to become individual, independent from that source in order to experience itself, its own power. So it's just, I, uh, the way I want to look at it is almost like a metaphor that we are, when anything becomes separate from the source, it then requires from external sources to complete its own identity, to complete its own wholeness. And well, so- it never really does because it could never substitute for the actual thing that we are. So yeah, it's looking for those artificial, yeah. Yeah, and so there's no there's no separation. And so what, how do we bring this full circle, the whole concept of hybridization program and this spiritual evolution that what, what we're experiencing here uh, is parasitic consciousness and consciousness that is aware of itself. 
every every human being on this planet Earth is like a cell that contributes to the movement and to the natural evolution, which is a natural movement of this multiverse. And every organism has its role. It's mathematically designed exactly to express itself in whichever way it wants. It can express itself in the polarity of you know creation or destruction. You know, and and that's and we're playing in the in this realm of both of these polarities. So ultimately, there is no right and wrong. It is completely up to you as an individual organism to decide which one of those you choose to experience. But how do now, we get back there if we don't even know we're attaching to that? How would we start to deprogram ourselves in order to come back to origins? I mean, what would well, I think the first step is to become aware of uh, you know, your, your programs and patterns of behaviors and the triggers that make the body, which in order for something to create, again, just remember that basic law, you must be in balance. So if your body is out of balance in any way, either triggered by something or by the food you're eating or the environment that you're in, the body is taking a toll and coming out of balance and it has to overcompensate all the time trying to bring it back into balance. So you got to just be aware of that. Is it, is it constructive? Are you going to end up with a disease, you know, cancer, because you're in constant state of fear and anxiety? Or are you going to come into a thriving, healthy self where you're balanced, you're aware of every aspect of yourself? I think one How of the do you do that, though? How do you come into balance? I mean, what's your prescription? One of, one of the biggest things that we battle as humans is, first of all, the illusion of separation. We believe that we're separate from the whole, which is exactly what we're experiencing micro as an individual and macro as a universe. This entire multiverse is also experiencing separation, polarity, through that polarity. You know, and this is why we reference that. But how do we come back to that is by first being aware of any aspects of ourselves that are afraid of truth of the ultimate truth of yourself, of who you are, of anything that doesn't resonate within you that you're playing out. Um, sometimes we're very afraid to see our own darkness, our own parts of us that we reject because of programming. So what, what really helped me on my journey was questioning all of the programs that I had, the role that I was playing as, as a woman, uh, the role that I was playing in, in society. I mean, if you really start to question that, you, all of these belief systems and all of these things that are happening in our society start to really show their true colors. And what you'll find is that a lot of these things that are happening around us are sometimes being manipulated and inverted in such a way that we're completely confused by what is really true balance and what is actually creative life force. The you best think Wait, sorry. Uh, is there a force that wants to stop us from waking up? Or is this just our path of evolution to, to, to wake ourselves up despite, you know, the, the odds that we are faced? I mean, what's your idea about that? I think that, um, I think that we have cycled through, let's say, uh, different cycles and moments of consciousness we've in the entire universe functions in something that looks like a spiral like an eight okay and when it when the universe is traversing in a spherical form it is moving closer every time it's coming into a different dimensional timeline everything starts to speed up okay 
And when it reaches the farther end of that infinity uh, movement, it begins to slow down. And so we cycle through these different moments historically, and we can see that. We've seen that historically, we've reached levels of very heightened awareness, technology, advancement, and then things have restarted over and over again. We see that a lot. Um, so in a sense, it may seem that we're battling this consciousness, but I think it's the natural evolution and movement of, of all creation. I think it's uh, that we have to, as one whole, uh, human race, we are gently becoming aware of itself through all of these possibilities, possibilities of being awake, not being awake, waking up, becoming aware of ourselves, and it happens collectively. So um, ultimately, what you find is that you're not really battling anything. It's not necessarily a war um, that you that you need to engage in. It is a choice, because in this universe, one of the largest and most important laws that we completely forget about is the law of free will. If you're not aware of that law, you're being manipulated in many ways without your even knowing. And the hybridization program, for example, is an example of one of those ways that our consciousness may be uh, manipulated in a sense. Mm -hmm. Anytime that you take a soul and you, um, you know, create another living being from this human body, it is a fractal, it's, it's a fractal of your own consciousness, your soul that is coming into another living being. And so this continuous organism of creation is just being expanded by unawareness and also, you know, your awareness. So I believe it's a choice. It's a choice which one you want to experience. You but the hybrids themselves, they have aspects of us because I've had hybrid experiences um, they seem to be more connected because those beings showed you your connection. So those offspring, those hybrid offspring are less programmed or are they programmed in a different way? Is that what you're saying? Well, you know, here's the thing. What our DNA holds and what makes DNA so valuable is that it holds on to all of this information that we have experienced historically as humans on this planet. But we're not just humans. The way that we look is, um, I'm going to give you the imagery of a spider's web. You are at the center of the spider's web, but there are threads that connect you to other points of reference, of consciousness that, that are a part of you. They're fragments of yourself. So time is not linear. It is like this, this uh, spherical, um, I guess, landscape, you can say, of, of consciousness that makes up who each one of us is. And in that entire whole, we are also interconnected on many different levels of, of, um, of manifestation. So whether physical, non-physical. And within your body is the record of aspects of yourself that maybe you were an extraterrestrial in another lifetime. Right. Maybe you were a spirit in another, an angel, whatever it is. You have all of these aspects of yourself as a part of you. And you can tap into any of those based on your awareness, where based on how you are deprogramming first your terrestrial programs and then coming into these outer layers, which we can access through dream time, through the Akashic layers. All of this information is available to you. So we are holding all of that within DNA. Within a teaspoon of DNA, you can hold the entire history of this planet Earth. Can you imagine yeah. how much we're holding within us, right? So um, when, when, a, when a hybrid is created, it is 
hybridized with other life forms that also have their own genetic records. So it is a merge of this information of consciousness. It's, a, it's an emerge of historical time records on these multiple timelines and dimensions that makes this new organism um, available to move through these different um, fields of information or access to this intelligence. And so sometimes um, I was a part of four different hybridization programs, one of which was also terrestrial. But Wait, you, you, this body you're talking about was part of four different uh, extraterrestrials that, that created Geraldine, the, the physical form. That, yes, that's what well, you're saying. Geraldine, yes, I was a part of four. I, I've experienced participation in four different hybridization programs. And, I, right. and, I, and the way I say it that way, in reality, it's probably just one, right? We, we want to define oh. it that way. Um, but in reality, we're talking about different, different agendas, different frequencies that are utilizing the information to create their specific product that they want to create. Some of them are extremely low frequency, you know, some of them are incredibly high. And some of them are terrestrial here. We have the, our cloning program here on Earth as well, which is very aware of this technology and aware of what the importance of the human body is. So as you're but, talking, I'm feeling how many different DNA connections I'm, I'm a part of. So yeah, no, it's, it's stimulating uh, a, an awareness for me. So most, thank you for, pl please continue. No, you're, you're teaching me a lot here. I mean, you're open, I, I can see you're a visionary and you're seeing this thing. I can see when you're talking, there's sort of like these images coming to you. So it's like you're downloading for everyone listening this information that is encoding us because you're connecting to something beyond this plane. So I appreciate it. So please continue. Thank you. Um, so when... When we uh, see these different agendas, though, one, one thing that I questioned, right, as experiencing this through my personal experience was what is the purpose then? And where does our fleet free will play a role, right, in these agendas? What are we here for? Are we just supposed to be genetic uh, baby making machines that we're here? Because it's not just women, it's men. You have been a part of the hybridization you were sharing. And there are thousands of men and women that apply and, and um, message me about their experiences as well around the world. So really either we are all going through some major psychosis or we are tapping into some kind of intelligence, some information in which our DNA, our bodies are being utilized in order to multiply this consciousness. I do believe it completely directs and is, is regarding consciousness more than anything, because if you look at how the holographic DNA is storing information, this is where the value is at. It's not about your bodies or your terrestrial timeline or who you were in a past life. I mean, it's much bigger than that. The soul is the direct connection to this source consciousness. And any time that someone rejects themselves, uh, reject their own consciousness, they become this parasitic consciousness. And so they feel that they have to utilize external sources to continue generating this life force that we are sharing in these different levels of manifestation, one being the planet Earth and our immediate, what we know as reality, as our matrix. And then there's this is occurring on many other 
planets on other planes of existence in our in our multiverse if you can imagine how big that goes mm -hmm. so um one one thing that's very interesting and what i questioned about the free will was if this was happening at what point does the free will take uh precedence in all of this at what point did i make an agreement and that was a very it was a very difficult to, to disconnect as a human from the emotional aspect of the the thinking that maybe you were abused or taken advantage of as a human body in order to reproduce these beings, right? Because the experiences are traumatic. I mean, all of my regressions are public. You can check them out. Um, they are on my website. But going through the process of even gestating a child, having a miscarriage, becoming pregnant when I'm not partnered, all of these things that occurred to me without my understanding throughout my life started to make sense when I understood what was happening through hypnosis. Uh, well, but I would about the idea of free will, though. Where does yes. your will? Yeah. Right. And so the point of sharing that is because um, what I realized, you know, is that we make agreements to experience this, to be a part of this at times when we are unaware of our consciousness. And they can be agreements that can be made in other timelines, in other past lives, in future lives of ourselves. We are participating unconsciously, okay, contributing to the uh, creation and expansion of this multiverse that we're a part of. Um, when you become aware, you have a choice to take over and be fully aware and present within this body, which makes you aware of all of your other fragments that you have the ability to connect to. And so therefore, taking back your power of these things, becoming aware on multiple timelines. So our work is not limited to just the physical body, okay? A lot of us, we struggle with just the physical body, but it doesn't end there. It's oh, you're saying it's free will because we've... Uh we have this multidimensional existence and we've uh, seeded all these different levels of reality for us to have experiences. So it may look to the human like we're being abducted, but on another level, we've made these agreements because our soul is multidimensional and wants to learn from the vastness of, of creation all that we can on as many levels as we can access in some realm. Yes, either the soul wants to learn through those extensions of themselves, or because we're unaware, parasitic consciousness is utilizing that information and continuing to carry out its agendas, whatever it is. But either way, we, we have a choice to participate in these things. It just completely depends on how we choose to experience this polarity in this dimension, this, this creation or this destruction of that creation or neglect of that, that consciousness. Um, we ultimately want to work on becoming aware in the physical, in dream time, and even in death. I had a near-death experience two years ago that, that really showed me what it was like when the body leaves this body and starts to go into this tunnel of light in which you are presented with an option at that time. Do you want to go back into this human body and continue this timeline, or do you want to move around? Now, what I feel is that because we are living in this polarity, there is this parasitic consciousness that may influence that if you are not aware, if you are not aware that you have a choice, right? right. 
So, and, and this happens momentarily when I'm talking to, to you here, it's happening when we're, uh, you know, watching television, we're being fed um, these vibrational frequencies, patterns of information that are being, that are encoding, literally genetically modifying us just in that moment, if we're not aware, this human organism is so sensitive and so yet so powerful that it's interconnected to all of this creation. And we're co-creating at the same time holographically. We're contributing to that with every thought, every emotion, every intention. We are generators of experience. What do you think um, the evolution that we're in now, the, the moment of this change, I mean, it's coming down to the wire. And so tell us about where we where you feel we're going from here in this crucial time where the timelines are all converging and we are activating this greater consciousness of something else where the integration of these et realities like for you it's pretty remarkable what what you went through to um to start to integrate this knowledge and give it out to the world so what's happening for us for the rest of the planet what do you see going on you know my 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 opinion about what's happening now is we we believe that we're going through a very pinnacle moment of consciousness and awareness the truth is that always is a critical moment for consciousness and awareness always that's, that's you know? good absolutely <laughs> right yeah. you know so what's interesting is that what we're looking at is the reflection of what's inside What's happening in the world right now, we're going through so much confusion, deception, manipulation, mind control. Welcome back to New Realities in part two of my interview with Geraldine Orozco. She is going to be the, one of the keynote speakers at the upcoming Portal to Ascension, October 1st to the 5th. That is at ascensionconference.com, a free online conference featuring all the best speakers in the UFO field, including Grant Cameron, JJ and Desiree Hurtock, Kathleen Martin, Mary Rodwell, also includes the Human Potential Movement and other people as well talking about the Ascension Frequency, Celeste Starr, uh, Phil Gruber, Rebecca Hardcastle. Anyway, we're going to be talking about some of that and we will be continuing with Geraldine's understanding of DNA frequency and how to access the ascension codes. This is part two. You were making some great points about tapping into those other realms and we're at a critical point of being aware. Continue that discussion because I think I think you're you're, you're onto something as far as activating this higher level. So we were talking about um, how now it's not just a, a isolated pinnacle moment. It's actually evolution is all the time. And um, right now what's being highlighted, what's being shown to us is basically all the internal um, garbage and all the internal, you know, the result of all that programming and also the suppression of the intuitive divine blueprint of this body what is capable of connecting to that source and i i feel like what we are projecting into the world is a reflection of that exact same battle in which we are trying to find ourselves within this creative 
life force expression or destruction, whether it's consciousness or the rejection of that consciousness. We are, we are experiencing that and it's manifesting itself in so many different ways in the world around us. We're dealing with, you know, all of these political issues, the social issues that are happening, um, everything, everything, all the dirt and all the stuff in the world that has caused pain and suffering is surfacing. This is the same that's happening with us internally. And we've been feeling that. We've been feeling that for about 10 years now. All of these, all these programs are no longer functioning because we're becoming aware of how, how they have damaged or um, are no longer congruent with a more authentic, more connected, more balanced state of being, of an, an expression of a human. So this is, this is where we want to go. What we need to understand is how to rebalance. What is balance? What is truth? How does one find truth in a world with so much deception and confusion? Every single thing, every emotion tends, seems to be weaponized even against us. And, and we might not even realize that. Maybe even the political movements that are occurring around us are a manipulation of our our beliefs that we are actually making a change in the world, moving something in the world. And in fact, are we? Are we truly? The change that, that has to happen has to happen on an individual level. And when that, when that happens, not just um, you know, physically, but the architecture of your entire body and everything that makes up this system is interconnected to your family, to the people that are in your in your life, your friends, your circle, your network of people, we are um, grouped together by vibrational frequency. We are grouped together in our families. We are grouped together in our circles of friends, in even our coworkers, even the person walking down the street. There is a vibrational resonance between you and them, and we are somehow crossing paths for that reason. But the same thing, if we look at the global picture, as a collective, as cells of this organism called planet Earth, we are all grouped together in certain states of consciousness or lack of consciousness. So our, our call to action is understand how to come back from the false programs and beliefs that make you believe that you are uh, unconscious, not powerful, helpless, all of these feelings that contribute to, to generations of trauma that are expressions of that generational trauma due to programming is what we want to work on now. Because all of that inhibits our ability to be the creator, this creator self that we are. There is no question about that. So you, you worked on yourself. I mean, you know this because you've done the hard work, you've gone in, you saw how much programming was in your own awareness. And then how did you then clear that? How did you excavate it from your spiritual so awareness? For me, what I, what I realized is that my emotions were, were my biggest um, downfall, right? I, I felt exhausted at the end of the day. I'm reacting to the news on the television. I'm thinking about the song that's telling me that I should have this romantic idealism of a life. I'm thinking about the movie or the thing that I'm watching on TV that's telling me I should behave a certain way. A woman should be a certain way. A family is supposed to be a certain way. And all of those things were lies 
because my family wasn't that way. My neighbor's family, I mean, I can tell you circumference of my entire city, I couldn't find that perfect idealism of, of, of life and a person that they were being shown. So it was a matter of beginning to question. So my emotions started to take over. And when I saw that, that incongruency in what I was seeing in the world around me, a disassociation occurs. Your, your emotions are telling you one thing and you're having to adapt to a certain way of being. And, and it just doesn't work. And little by little, it's like you become sick, angry, upset, exhausted. So I became tired of being tired and exhausted and angry and confused and lost and still not getting anywhere. So I started to follow the emotions. As soon as I started to feel anger, I sat with the emotion. I, I allowed myself for the first time to feel the emotion without resistance, without fear, without trying to not to suppress the, the, re, the results or the reactions that resulted from that emotion. What I realized is that we are so desensitized from our emotions that we don't even know them. We, don't, we are not familiar with them. We don't know how they work. They don't, we don't know what happens when we feel it. And this is what happens when the body, what is fear? Fear is the unknown. We don't know what it's like to feel fear because we spent our entire lives suppressing that fear. Everyone told us it was wrong to feel that or to not feel anger. So do you fear go into the fear? Do you let yourself feel the fear? Do you let yourself and feel those, all those intense emotions, shame and anger? So you let yourself have them. And then how do you stop the perpetuation of that? So... And it's, it's coming into a state of observation because that's a great point, Alan. What happens if you stick with that emotion and you just sit with it? We're so used to experiencing these emotions. We don't know how to process them. We just know how to feel them. We savor them almost. Right. Even in that fear, we are savoring them. So the, the tool is to not continue to savor that emotion. It is a matter of observing it. So if you could visualize bringing yourself up to the crown of your head, looking down at your body, experiencing that anger or that fear, it starts to dissipate. You begin to realize. And I started to go through every single emotion and I did the same thing. And this is how I began to educate myself on what emotions are. I realized that they were not, they're not something that have to be suppressed in the body and hold or ignored. Yet they are just tools that when I feel them, I begin to be informed of other emotions, other subconscious emotions. This is how I started to unlock the subconscious programming. Because what is actually creating and driving your experiences is all of the information from the subconscious mind that's actually feeding into So if I'm feeling something now because... Um like uh, I, I should have ended that time that we were on and then boom, so I'm feeling a little guilty. Uh, anyway, so I'm feeling that. And then what do I do with that feeling? So, so feel the guilt and for a moment, observe, observe yourself. What are the other fear, the fears that come up, right? There's a fear. Amen. Sadness. Right. Sadness, of shame, of yeah, guilt. All that stuff. I should have been more prepared. So take a look at all of these emotions that come up. If you start to feel that emotion, first of all, you're going to ask yourself, is it true that you failed? Question. Question those emotions. Ask yourself, is it true that you failed? No, you didn't fail. 
I don't, I don't feel like I failed. I feel like I just could have been more conscious of the bigger picture, maybe. Yes. Yes. Um, but 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 it, is it true though? Because there's other things that have occurred that brought you to that moment. And so one of the things that we have a hard time dealing with is with accepting, accepting the parts that we maybe mess up in or that we do something wrong, right? What you, what you realize when you go down that rabbit hole is that there is no right and wrong, okay? Everything is a series of cause and effect. Anytime that you are not conscious anywhere on that timeline of cause and effect, whatever it is that you're doing, it perpetuates and creates more suffering, more pain, okay? So you begin to recognize this. And so what this teaches us is that we want to be aware at all times. Ultimately, this we take as much as we can, as, as aware as we can of every single thing, and and then if we're so, not, the emotions come up to kind of tune us back in. So it's we, awareness of ourselves present in the moment at all times. It's not necessarily aware of everything. It's aware of ourselves because when we're aware of ourselves. Of, of our, so if we're uh, congruent with our emotions, if we're honest with the emotions that we're feeling throughout our day, we, we tend to look at things from a more um, organized manner. Everything falls into place. Everything becomes more organized. But the real deep programming of these emotions actually would be led all the way back to the very first time in your life that you experienced that emotion. For right. example, the shame. And it's in that expression, in that experience, that you begin to unpack the traumas that caused that, right. that locked down the parts of you that needed to come up in order to hold your space, in order to create organization without fear, without judgment. All of these things start to come up naturally. And when you see that, when you acknowledge that, that's when you can then be able to move forward with these emotions. So you go back to that original, you lock into where maybe the trauma of whatever those original emotions are in your body, and you go back as far as you can, and you be with it so it can be released and not judged. But the bigger picture is how does that connect to these ET realities? This is a very human process, but where's the bigger ET hybrid super conscious connection so all that stuff doesn't come up until you you fix up this stuff okay because the fact of the matter is if you're going to distract yourself with the extraterrestrial with other interdimensional beings and still can't understand how this physical body works mm. you can get yourself in a mess of relating and or escaping you know, escaping this world escaping from you what the human reality is so you're saying we need to really get in touch with our humanity our humanness if we're going to really start we, we, that's yeah. right and there are layers of there are layers to this reality we are living in overlays of artificial intelligence there's the soul layer of the body there's the spirit layer there's the akashic records 
when we are when we are aware in the physical body, we become aware of all of those layers. And so then we can truly embody free will, which is the application of that awareness. Mm-hmm. Without that, you are like a puppet to your environment. And your environment is not limited to your neighbors or your, your roommates. It is a result of a bigger, much bigger manipulation of consciousness that we're not aware of. This is, this is the exchange of consciousness that then, this is where we start looking at the extraterrestrial, these very technologically advanced beings, entities that are manipulating the fact that we have yet to control this tiny little physical shell, which is just one fragment of other fragments of ourselves that are available to us and are very important because they inform this experience as well. They, ex- they inform what we're, what we're having. Um, I think the human part informs those other realities as well. It seems to me they do because they've lost that connection, especially the hybrids that, or these beings that want to create the hybridizations. They forgot what these core emotions are like. I mean, in a sense, they want to, not to get stuck in that cycle, but they want to experience, experience the totality of what it is to be human. So they're, they're taking our human DNA in order to have the sense of feeling. That's what it seems like. You know, um, I, I have heard that um, the concept of extraterrestrials wanting to have emotions. But the thing is that emotions are just tools. They're information. These beings, um, they possess more advanced aspects. They have other aspects of their DNA activated, right? Which is why they can be interdimensional and start connecting with telepathy. Some of them don't procreate all of these little, uh, you know, specifics of these races. But ultimately, it's the consciousness that wants to experience polarity, okay? And all of us, these extraterrestrials, archons, entities, all of these living organisms are sharing the experience of polarity, of creation or destruction. Well, I would say that's part of the soul um, incarnation. You may, maybe you call it polarity. I call it feelings, possibly. The feeling sense is what the soul, from my understanding, is yearning for the love the the uh compassion these are they're i don't think they're just information they're things that um we incarnate to have those experience uh, of and for the rest of creation in a way to share those deeper emotions not just the psych cyclical i mean would you agree with that maybe you have your own ideas about that Well, you know, I I tend to believe that it's not so much about feeling, I feel, because feeling is very, it's 3D, it's very physical. We only feel because of these nervous systems communicating to us. No, I mean the emotional feeling. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so so, uh, what I've seen in my personal journey is that emotions are, are tools for information that either help creation or contribute to destruction, right? Yeah. So the way I, I tend to look at emotions and feelings is one or the other. Either you are a creator, and because of the balance that you've achieved with these emotions, you now can create life, or you go into destruction. 
the, we look to nature to see what is truth, what is balance, because nature, it doesn't have emotions, and yet it follows through a natural order, a divine order of existence that doesn't question its existence. It is a part of a whole system, an ecological system that has a very delicate balance. And I feel that we also have that part in nature. And however, because of the free will, we have a choice of either ex experiencing either one. Um, and through this experience, we are informing um, the source, the source which is here to experience all possibilities infinitely, whether it's manifesting as a human on this planet or an extraterrestrial on another planet, or maybe a piece of a particle in another universe, um, I, I tend to believe that they're just extensions of experience feeding into the source. So we're here um, to inform the source, but we are the source. The source is the emanations of the creative essence in general, right? I mean, it's the, yes. it's who we are. The, we are we are that source, mm -hmm. but we don't recognize that source if we come into a destructive uh, cycles in this body. Any any so any any aspect of ourself that rejects its own consciousness cannot embody creation. It only destructs. So that happens to the cells in the body. It happens to our physical body. It happens to our mind. To the fragments, we can have many fragments that are destructive. Many fragments that are incredibly creative on a high vibrational frequency. And all we're talking about is like a white light that shines on a prism, and then frag uh, fragments into different uh, fractals. Right? Um, we create a spectrum, and we are experiencing all of that spectrum. Um, it's, it's all the emotions, it's all the experiences, it's creation and destruction equally, we have the ability of doing it. So we incarnate here as well as many, many realms, and we're informing the source through our experience, through our moment-to-moment -moment experience of creation. And if we stay open, we keep getting fed the creative, um, potential of the moment which is being everything's being created right now in a sense on all levels and dimensions and the open awareness of these multi-dimensional realities feeding into our consciousness is the ongoingness of creation it's the it's the aliveness of creation on many levels so the purpose you say of incarnation would be what then? What is the ultimate? Okay. Awesome yeah. question. And so, Alan, that, that's really what takes us to the next step of this concept, right? So what happens when you're a human that continues to be born in this planet Earth back into the same lineage, maybe another one, but we are grouped together by vibrational frequency. So our entire family is actually cyclically processing the same traumas, the same blockages the same problems that we are struggling with our entire lineage until its origin has chosen to experience however what happens when you have to experience and relearn self-worth for centuries right where is your free will then this is where we begin to experience the parasitic consciousness that we're talking about when consciousness rejects itself it becomes parasitic and when 
a consciousness doesn't want to wake up or doesn't recall that it has the ability of waking up, it continues to come back into that reincarnation cycle. The moment that you're going into death, you have an option. If you are someone that is consciously aware, that's been training throughout your life to question, um, you know, if things are within balance or things are coming out of balance, the moment that you detach from your body, you enter another dimension, another realm in which you will be presented with the same kind of experiences that we have on earth. Things that will trigger uh, a request for your awareness or a lack of your awareness. And if you're not aware in that moment, you can be brought right back into the same cyclical pattern. And so the idea is, when you die, the vibrational frequency that you have at the moment of your die, and the vibrational frequency is the product of everything that you, you're made out of. Since the very beginning of time, your infinite source, your organization, the DNA information that feeds into that, you, that's your vibrational frequency. This will dictate your next journey, okay? And at the same time, it's just a part of you that resonates with your own fragments that are available to you in your own network of consciousness. So your attention goes from this human body to the next aspect of yourself that wants to become aware in that, that wants to experience in that moment. In each so, moment that's happening for us. Every, in each moment. Every, that's happening for us right now. That's correct. Sweet. That's correct. So, but, but the thing is that we tend to, not realize that when we die, we also have that ability to to become aware of what we can what we can experience. And if we what's the difference well, between the, the the embodiment or the disembodiment? What 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 what's the difference in that two modes? So, um, the difference is that we can either um, choose to experience this aspect of the soul and what it wants to experience next. If the human body um, vacates the body and is in denial of leaving the body, for example, it can fragment at that moment. And these fragments of the body can stay in between these realms. And that's what we have as ghosts, for example, these in-between fragments. Ultimately, every time that the human soul experiences trauma, it becomes fragmented, fragmented, more fragments of yourself make up a part of this whole organism. When you're in the hybridization program and you create a child, that's also a fragmentation that has occurred. The more that the soul is fragmented, the more intertwined it is within these specific dimensions. This current timeline, the three-dimensional earth plane, for example, we have thousands of our fragments that are still tying us here to this dimensional experience. And if we don't clear those, breaking contracts, clearing up those relationships, rebalancing the exchange of information and intelligence between these two um, entities or beings or organisms or humans, we are connected to them and it keeps bringing us energetically back to this kind of same experience. So we can have, uh, we can, it's almost like a record that gets skipped. It keeps going back, 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 because it hasn't dissolved that experience. It hasn't become aware on all those levels. When the soul leaves the body, you are met with all of these fragments, the fragments that you created in this physical body and the ones that you are attaching to on other planes. So the thing is that if you want the ultimate function of you as, as an extension of source, 
is to return back to that source, to just become aware of yourself being a whole. And so what we want to do is we want to reintegrate those fragments. We are reintegrating, coming back to this whole source. But it's up to you, right? It's completely up to you. You can choose to do that or you can choose to not do that. This design of fragmentation and coming to whole is occurring in this moment between me and you. It's occurring collectively as a human race. It's occurring multiversally in the universe with these extraterrestrials and hybrids. It, we are all cells um, traveling, returning, and experiencing wholeness separation. No, I appreciate everything you're saying. I, I really enjoy this conversation because I think you're really, you know, you've really got a big picture of, of all this. So each moment is a challenge for us to stay present within the experience of, of the source coming through us or to go unconscious into the cycles of conditioning. And we have to make an effort each moment to stay here, which activates the greater mind. And this is the challenge of wherever we are. Do we want to go into the past or the future, or do we want to stay present in what I call the, 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 the moment of feeling, you know? So, and, and when we can do that, I think that's when we reach those other levels. Or in your case, you are, boom, pulled out and in a sense, forced to, to encounter those levels as well. So, um, I, I mean, so what, so what's, I mean, no, it's all really fascinating because I, I haven't heard it put this way because you're, I, only someone who's really done their inner work can really have a handle on this. So what is the journey from here? What are, what's, what are you up to? Where are you going? What are you doing? What am I doing? Um, well, What's the journey as uh, you kind of move forward, yeah. Um, becoming aware of my uh, my sourceness, in other words. Um, I am currently writing a book, um, a series of books about my experience in this, and um, I teach classes and I, I do DNA reprogramming, ascension coaching, ascension coaching to help people navigate and you know, traverse these very difficult blockages, emotional blockages that don't help us see beyond that. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, if you'd like to get a session with me, I, I'm also a hypnotherapist. You can work with me. I work with experiencers, hybrid parents that are having trouble with the trauma that results out of the hybridization program, uh, men and women. And um, more importantly, uh, these groups that we're trying to collaborate, establishing uh, conferences that are more for embodiment, for experience. That's, that's kind of what, what I'm working on building right now. Yeah. So anybody that's interested in working on that, that's, uh, please get in touch with me. Very happy to work, be of service. No, definitely contact Geraldine Orozco. But as we're talking, I feel like there's like a deeper level to this dialogue that you're saying where as you merge with the ET's realities, there's maybe not even a language to, to communicate these next levels, but somehow I think you're going to bring it through 
but and then people have to be at the level where they can need it. But I get the feeling that you're being fine tuned for that. Um, a kind of multi-dimensional communication that will talk to other people's levels of multi-dimensionality. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That's, that is, uh, it's my realm. I love to play in this realm of multi-dimensionality because I, I feel like before all of this happened, I was not aware of how multi-dimensional we are and it's changed my life in how I see the world, how I see myself. I feel like if more people can try to grasp that aspect, we wouldn't be so stuck in this little one-on-one -on -one dynamic that we tend to get so stuck in, you know, that, that we, we feel we can't move forward, we feel blocked. Um, so yes, and um, it's funny that, that you say that. One of the things that I'm working on is creating this concept, this idea of how vibrational frequency is merging shapes, form, color, into a language that we are just now learning how to, how to embody. Because we think language is just the verbal, and maybe, maybe we can see and pick up some, some things, but we communicate more non-physical than we do, uh, or verbal. Right. Um, and, and that communication is actually the most important. It is literally um, processed through the body, through the whole system, not just verbally. And, and it's through vibration that the body is constantly absorbing that, like epigenetics and, and all these things that we are uh, becoming aware of. Yeah. Well, you know, the planet or the sense of where I come from on some multidimensional level is this color exchange. The, I mean, I was very synesthetic as a child where I would feel colors. And I think there's a language of colors that we are not aware of, but the, and color combinations want to show us different um, energetic patterns that can't quite be translated into emotion, but into some sense of feeling. It's not human emotion, but it's emotion of these, I don't even know what to call it, extraterrestrial exchanges. Yeah, I understand. It yeah. Is, it is absolutely, you know, and in healing, color is a very powerful, one of the most powerful tools that we don't recognize how powerful color is because it's it's imbued with information, with uh, intention, right? It's vibrational frequency that really affects the matter. It, it really changes the way it is. And, but it's and I think, language. Um, no, go ahead. What are you saying? It is, it is very much a language. Uh, like crop circles, for example, this sacred geometry, these forms are an expression of information that, that affects the body in more ways than we even realize. Right. Have so you been to the crop circles in England? Fortunately, no. Oh, let's I'm go. Lucky. Let's go. I would love that. Yeah. I've been there a couple of times and it is just so, you can feel it on the energetic body. I was in this eight, eight circle that was wow. created on the August 8, 2008. So there was an 888 and the circle was an eight. And wow. when I stood in the center of that eight, it was a real Kundalini activation. It's a mm -hmm. real vibratory activation. But each circle was a different feeling. So it's a, it's a language and a grammar and it's great. I think you would really enjoy the, wow. the, the circles and they're still happening. Some, yeah. you, 
They are. I would love that. Yeah. Thank you, Alan. Right. Well, no, I love your work. And, I, and, I, and from the time, from now, remember back to the time that I just met you briefly, I feel this huge activation in you of the throat chakra. Like you, you gain this voice of communication and now is your time to share so much of what you're bringing in you know, and, and, and you're just going for it. So, um, I just want to say Gerald and will be on the, at the portal to Ascension conference that's happening October 1st to the 5th. And that is at, um, ascensionconference.com. You can sign up for that. She'll also be on the divine feminine panel. I think that's the first day. I think that's October 1st. Um, and what else talk about a little bit about your classes that are coming up. Yeah, so excited. I really hope you guys can make it. It's, um, I'm going to be uh, a part of the Experiencer panel as well. Um, and I apologize, I don't have the list of who's going to be with me in there, but I know oh, Carol. Well, can, Carol you put, can you put it up on your on yours? Yeah, okay. yeah, I'll put it up. Um, please find it. It's on my website too, so you guys can, can go to the Can we put it up website. here as people watch it? Can we put, do, can you oh, get it? You go to screen share your website, and then, okay. and then you'll be able to put that up. Uh, but yeah, there's fifty speakers, fifty different speakers that have been part of the Portal to Ascension platform for the last five years, and I really enjoyed what Neil Gar, who's put the whole thing together wants to give back this is a sense of giving back this is a free conference and it is um october 1st to the 5th and it's at ascensionconference.com you could sign up there and we have a lot of great speakers on all levels of consciousness we have an ascension panel with deborah juicy we have an experiences panel we have a divine feminine panel we have a actually just academic ufo panel that that the Hurtox are on in Grand Cameron. I'll be hosting that. Um, we have a brilliant guy named Dan Winter, who's one of the most amazing, most sophisticated scientists of energetics that I've ever met. Um, who else do we have? We have, um, do you know, Adam Apollo for people tuning in. And um, part of this interview today with Geraldine, is to promote this conference. So go to ascensionconference.com and there's a list of speakers there. Maybe I could bring it up too. And do you see it on your, oh yeah, there we go. So I'll just share this real quick. This oh. is October 1st uh, to the 5th. And so this will be, um, oh, this doesn't actually show. Oh, this is good, 50 speakers, four MCs, panels, but what, yeah, you can keep, oh yeah, there we go. There. Yeah, so um, I'll be I'll be on with Caroline Corey and um, I believe Mardine Kathleen Mar Martin Kathleen Martin. Martin. Do you know who well, she is? She is the niece of Eddie Hill. Yes, yes, it's so exciting to be on a paddle with her um, to see her. She has some great content, and I know she's doing some amazing research right now on on experiencers. And there's Christine Star there, who is a contactee. Rebecca Hardcastle, who talks about exo consciousness. Kimberly Meredith, who's a healer. Laura Eisenhower, um, Stephen Halpern, the musician. Trisha McCannon. 
they're, they're just so great, fun-filled, um, fun, a packed, packed of information conference, and it's free. So, in your in your particular lecture, are you doing a lecture, Geraldine? What are you going to talk? Um, about? Yeah, I'll be talking on the hybridization program. So we'll be going a lot deeper into into that. And uh, you know, I, I my presentations are always full of imagery and uh, lots of information for you guys to have some visuals on what exactly the multidimensional body and how it connects to the hybridization program. But I'm also going to be hosting the mass meditations at eleven eleven. Oh, you will! Great. Yeah. So yeah, that's so exciting. Do check that out because that's one of my passions is teaching meditation. So I'd be very happy to see you guys there. Right. I think more and more information is going to be coming to you because you you seem to be really activated and really in a place to communicating as much as you can. You're doing a 30-day challenge with people who tune into you. Can you talk about that, what the 30-day challenge is? Yeah, so right now I do these 30-day challenges where it's 30 days. We get on a, you know, a Zoom call and you come in and do some really heavy work with me. So all of this deep programming I share with you. I spend an hour with you doing Q&A. Um, and so right now we're doing a self-healing challenge. So I go through all the possible tools of self-healing that you could possibly know energetically, emotionally, physically to set you up. And at the end of these 30 days, uh, you really are understanding the power that you have to heal the body and the kind of frequencies that you need to come into that awareness and empowerment and rebalancing of the human organism. So um, it's a really powerful class, and uh, I have a Facebook group that you can join. It's called, it's part of my Seeker Plus program on my website, um, where you can sign up for these courses um, and uh, workshops that I do with you one-on-one. -on -one. So, okay. yeah. I want to really keep promoting that, too. And yeah, I would love of course, that. Oh, so you have important work. I don't, I think, I mean, I hope you value it. I'm sure you do, because. Oh, absolutely. But. <laughs> You know, you're an original, too, because not that many people are tuning into so many different levels at once. So I'm happy that you're doing. So thank you for sharing. Let's be in touch about whatever we can maybe co-create. I would love that, Alan. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor to be here. And I know that my father was a huge fan of you. So really? I, Wait, yes. what do you mean? Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I told him that I was going to be on your show. And he's like, it's very exciting because he, he used to watch. He told me I used to watch Alan all the time. Really? Your, yeah. Your father's open to this kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I, I was blessed with a very spiritual family. And it, they, they are like, the rock. If it wasn't for them, can you imagine what would happen with all this information? <laughs> no, it's great. But you're, you're, is your father still with us? Yes. Yes. Well, yes. tell him I say hello and thank him very much for tuning in. That is, um, that is exciting for me to yes. be. Well, I'd like to meet him sometime too. That'd be so great. I'm sure it would be a thrill. It would be a thrill I, to do. I'd be happy to meet him too. Thank you. Thanks so much, Geraldine, for... All right, for your work. Thanks for the platform, and I'll see you this weekend. Hope okay. to see you all at Portal to Ascension.